Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. Well, today um, is the second Sunday of Advent, so we've got two candles lit. And the second candle is called the Bethlehem candle. Um, sometimes called the peace candle, sometimes it's called the love candle. It depends, two and four are sort of interchangeable. So we're looking at peace today. Um, but first I want to go th- look at um, one of the readings from the lectionary that comes today. Okay, and it's it's actually the the psalm. You know, in the lectionary you normally get um, an Old Testament reading, a psalm, a New Testament reading from the letters, and then a gospel reading. So this is a this is from the psalm, but it's not from the it's not from Psalms. It's from Luke. So it's about Zechariah. So his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, but because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he said through his Holy Spirit prophets long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the land of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercies of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Right, so... Luke, in his Gospel, has three psalms or hymns there's this one which is called the benedictus because it starts with praising god Mm. um then there's the magnificat mary's song and then there's the psalm that simeon gives okay well we know that um luke was written you know sometime after the life of christ so you know, how do we know <laughs> these? You know, were his were Zachariah's words? You know, things that sometimes might have been written down because someone then, just like we might have now, if someone prophesies, someone might write it down for write down the prophecy, um, and then handed down until it was written up in Luke. Um, some have said that it was written by the early early Christians um, because um, 
of its structure, sort of based in sort of Old Testament, and it sounds very much like a psalm, like based on the King David. But the likelihood is that Luke wrote these um, as uh, as sort of psalms. It it's used to. I mean, say Zechariah says it, but it's really pointing to the coming of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus and what Jesus will bring although in there it does record, it does sort of say and you my child called prophet of the most high you will go before the Lord so that's where John the Baptist comes in because um, obviously Zachariah um, Mary visited Elizabeth and recognised that Elizabeth was bearing the child of God so there must be some of that anyway. So anyway, uh, it's this is sort of broken into um, sort of three main parts. Um, that God remains f- uh, faithful to His promises in the Old Testament. That um, it po- the, 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 this psalm points backwards um, to the covenant that God made with the Israelites, um, and. Um, so there's that sort of structure of looking forward so Israel going through all these turmoils all the different kings and not living up to God's sort of words and things like that and so then sort of looking back to those promises that God would restore yes and then it looks at the God's way to salvation that he's going to bring his the Messiah um, is going to come that John is going to declare the way of the Messiah and prepare the way through redemption through the forgiveness of sins and things like that and then God's path is peace so um, basically that God is going to reconcile the world to himself so um it apparently got um Luke uses peace more often in his gospel than any other gospel yeah. um so we have that uh all right I think it's going to go through So, um, the other reading from one of the letters is, uh, I'll read it. I thank God every time I remember you in all my prayers for you all. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day till now. Being confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have in you have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes 
through Christ, Jesus Christ and the glory and praise of God. So in this, Paul obviously is in prison, but he, he is writing a very positive message to the churches around. And he's exhorting them to, um, to grow in their love through the knowledge of Christ and to really get to grips with with that. And really one if we're talking of peace, I mean say so that is something that is something that everybody nowadays is wanting to feel tangibly mm-hmm. in a world that is so broken whether it be war whether it be in relationships that are, aren't working whether it be you know on the grand scale or whether it might be on the individual scale you know the rise of mental health issues within you know children at school is frightening you know and in society in general and that comes from, well, it, well, it's a lack of Christ in their lives, in life. But it's a, it's a lack of the peace that comes through Christ, having Christ in your life. So, we're going to read Philippians 4, verses 6 to 9. I've got three different versions. So, the um, first one is the NIV. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with all thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So um, in the message, it says, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praise shape your worries into prayers, Let God, uh, letting God know your concerns. But before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness Everything coming together for good will come and settle down, settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displays worry, uh, dis, uh, when Christ displaces worry at the centre of your life. Summing it all up, friends, I'll say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not to th- not to curse. Put into practice what what you learnt from me, what you heard and saw and realised. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. And then the Amplified says, Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests to God known to God. And the peace of God, the peace that 
which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus is yours. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Centre your mind on them and implant them in your heart. The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen me practice these things in daily life. And the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. Uh, you know, I've, I've read that quite a lot recently, you know, recently and uh, it's just a, um, a very sort of reassuring passage. Um, so if we, we look a bit more about peace and the words that we, we use, peace, today, um, tends to get to mean the absence of conflict. Um, or the absence of noise, you know, be in peace. Whereas in the Bible, obviously, the word is shalom in the Old Testament, and in the New Testament, it's irene. And shalom means to be complete, um, wholeness. And it can be a verb and it, to basically complete, restore, or reconcile. Um, so, um, sort of listening to Bill Johnson, he puts it really quite quite well in that he says that peace is the presence of someone, right? Um, presence of Jesus, basically. Um, and basically, the world at present looks to expose us to all stresses and anxieties Um, and that undermines who we are because if we're not at peace with who we are in God um, we become anxious Um, so you know we have to be you know, in our relation, if we try and um, have our relationship with God to such an extent that we are, we recognise that we are His creation, that He created us, and He created us for a purpose. If we are secure in that, then things that the world, the enemy, sort of throws at us shouldn't disturb that peace it tries to it tries to pull us away and what bill johnson calls when we first came to jesus that first love that first or you know all encompassing love that we felt um you know the world and all its distractions and everything tries to pull at that because if it can pull at that and break the relationship down, not that we've lost it, but we're not in completeness with it, then we can, we can 
we can become stressed, become anxious. We've got those things. We can sort of be blown by the winds of things happening in our everyday life. And, um, you know, he's, you know, we've, it's not that we won't go through trials and tribulations, but if we can keep our relationship with Christ in our hearts and everything strong, then we won't let that, what's happening around us, determine our central peace and from our peace we can reach into God who gives us the tools to then cope with what's happening around us Um, so you know anxiety will affect our love for Christ it will try and diminish it so we've got to try and guard that guard against that um so bill johnson puts it that whenever we have a thought the thought will either come out of fear or it will come out of love and if it comes out of fear it's because we're feeling anxious and it's because we've allowed we we haven't fully immersed ourselves and trusted in Christ who is our strength so um so make peace a lifestyle right so and the only way to keep peace a lifestyle is to go into going back to uh, Philippians, right, is to pray. Now, we've done an excellent sort of word on prayer and others have done an excellent word on prayer. And it has to be central to our lives. And, you know, I can put my hand up and say, no, I don't pray as often as I should. And maybe I need, I need to go back to those sort of meditation things to help me get um you know that sort of routine it's not we can do things out of routine that we don't actually feel yes things that we do can become second nature in a good thing Mm -hmm. and something at times it can become second nature in the fact that we don't fully engage our mind in it So we've got to, we've got to make sure that we when we come to pray we come to talk we come to commune with Christ we come to you know come as a, to a friend and we talk to a friend we discuss things with a friend yeah and it's coming in that sort of attitude not out of a duty or yeah. you know to do it but part of that prayer is to be is the thankfulness. If we can come with thanks and we can meditate on all the good that he's done to us, it remind it, it that out of those words, you know, you can thank him one thing and you think, oh yes, and the, and that and that and it 
brings up a well of things that we remember what God has done for us so that when we are hit with these trials that we we can come and say look you you got me through that situation yeah. you will get me through this I just need to focus on you and ask you for those tools that I need to get through it um, so Bill Johnson used uh, the, sort of the opposite. He called it prayerlessness. And he says that prayerlessness uh, gives a sense of lack. Um, the lack uh, is not God's purpose on our lives. He wants us to be fully fulfilled. Um, and he says that prayerlessness can lead to temptations, right, that we have no grace for because we haven't been in communion with with God we haven't been sort of taken we can face temptations and we haven't got the tools to address it we haven't got that grace to address it it's not that we can't get through them you know it's not that we can't come out the other side it's, we're just making it a battlefield for ourselves because we're dealing with it in our own strength and not through Christ's strength and Christ sort of equipping us. Yeah. Um, so we've got to sort of learn to just be more prayerful and to be more thankful. Sometimes it's easy to come to God when we need something or we have friends who need something, yes. you know. Yeah. But maybe we should always start with an acknowledgement of what he's done for us. Yeah. Lift him up and praise. Um, so being thankful helps us connect to the right things when things are not going well. So in, in the passage... It's, uh, it says, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And one, one um, of the commentaries said that it's like an army around your heart. Um, some armies are big and strong, or some are small and very strong, but some can be very big and very weak. But our God... Is has the strongest army and he's guarding our heart so we've got to build that army up by feeding it all the, the good and the praise and thanking God so um, just got some yeah so if we go back to the word shalom um Jesus came to break down barriers to bridge the gaps, to bring people together and to restore peace to our damaged relationships, to one another and to God. So Christ is our peace. Because Christ, the shalom, the peace, is the restorative, yeah, bringing us to one. So when Christ died on the cross, he put all things 
right between heaven and earth, and he became that peace for us. Um, so, a few quotations, sort of Bible passages to sort of finish on in some respect. Isaiah says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust you. And again, uh, later in Isaiah, it says, uh, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, mm. says the Lord who has compassion on you. Matthew says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In John, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And later, uh, it also says in John, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Nor, and do not be afraid. In Ephesians, Paul says, Jesus himself is our peace. It's funny, uh, uh, when I read that one, uh, John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Um, At every Catholic Mass, that says. And you're supposed to turn around and shake hands with the people around you. It's, uh, yeah. Brings me back. But I hope to, I hope... I've left you with some thoughts for the week. Yeah. Thank uh, you. So, basically, naturally, we're not at peace with God. And it's because sin has separated us. Mm. But Jesus has given us shalom. Mm. Mm. And Jesus is shalom. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I know. Lydia, your work must come to, around and must really shake that piece. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you, you're not alone because we're standing with you. Mm. Yeah? So we're, not, we're also guarding each other's hearts. Yeah. And, we raise, and when, as we pray, let us remember that. Because I admire you, Lydia, for your job, because it is so difficult. Yeah. So as we go out this week into work, let us try and bring that shalom to our workplace as well. In those relationships that we might have that are, well, broken because we don't tend to get on too well, let's try and bring the reconciliation, the shalom, into that. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Yeah.